1: Good morning, beloved family, so happy to be with you, and we're live, uh, audio, not video today. We're going to be on and off video in the next couple of weeks while we're moving into our new property um, in uh, t- in uh, the Diocese of Tyler, uh, Texas. I announced a couple of days ago that because of uh, so many, so many, many people, um, we were able to to um, close on our property last Friday and I, I cannot tell you uh, how thrilled we are. Um, we're absolutely thrilled. We're moving in. It's wonderful and um, uh, I don't know what else to say except how grateful I am to every one of you who who donated. Uh, I mentioned the other day that God did two miracles, uh, two miracles full miracles two days before we were able to close which enabled us to close Um, and uh, i i won't tell you what they are because they really shouldn't be announced publicly but uh, it's due to your your donations and your prayers i know many many of you who are praying and i know many were praying that i don't know and i love you and i thank you and I ask God to reward every single one of you. <clears throat> and whenever you're in Tyler, the Diocese of Tyler, our new home is in Winsboro, Texas, but just a suburb of, of Tyler. And we're in Winona now, which is also a suburb. Um, so we'll move from one suburb to another. It's country where we're moving. It's beautiful, plenty of land. And um, uh, when we can, we'll start, uh, having visitors, if you're in this area, we would love it. But we're moving now. We won't be in for a few weeks uh, physically until we we have to move all our furniture and then just begin to set some things up. Then we'll personally be able to move over and stay overnight there. So I'm um, I, I just couldn't be happier with all that you've done and all that God has done through you. Because we've had a couple of encores uh, recently uh in, with all this going on through the move uh it, i think it was a few days ago uh earlier this week that we began in the catechism explained on the chapter of divine providence but we had to um, end the program uh, part way through and run an encore so uh, i want to begin with that again this morning and if there were ever a uh, matter uh, or an illustration of divine providence, it is what has been going on now uh, with us. And I just read all the headlines in LifeSite News um, today, and uh, it's, it, it's comparable to reading a war journal, uh, just amazing, and one headline to another, how how much evil has taken over the church. It is just amazing. I would spend the whole program reading them to you. But our focus, we cannot lose our focus on God and his divine providence. And some will say, divine providence, Mother, do you see what's going on in the world? I do, I do, I do. But that is divine providence. Nothing touches us. Repeat that a million times to yourself during the day. No matter your circumstances, nothing touches us that God does not permit. Again, he may, he's not causing the evil, but he's allowing it. And at times, he'll send, like he did to the Apostle Paul, a messenger of Satan to us. Because he needs us to, um, to grow through the suffering and to mature and to trust in him no matter what. It's not our actions that determine our growth. It's our reactions to circumstances, good and bad. And so every time something bad happens, the death of someone we love, uh, the loss of a job, uh, illness, whatever it may be, has God caused it? No. Can he cause some things? He can. He can uh, for our good, but he allows it. He permits his permissive will and Uh, We don't understand why any more than a a three-month-old or a two-year-old can understand many things. And he may cry, and he may think your uh, actions toward him or her are harsh and unwarranted. But the mother knows best, and the father knows best, and our Heavenly Father knows best, and our Lord Jesus Christ knows best, and the Holy Spirit knows best, and our Blessed Mother knows best. She's not omniscient but she is truly our mother and, uh, and does not cease to pray for us. So, and God answers every one of her prayers. So we're going to go over divine providence because we really cannot be reminded of that too much. And we need, dearest, we need more, not just to know. People say, well, I know, I know, but no, 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 no. If you know, let that knowledge knowledge in greek is gnosis it needs to be epignosis the deep knowledge of what we know we know it in our heart we know it in our being and um that's the the knowledge we need of god uh he cannot make a mistake he's too wise so and he's too powerful to allow anything to touch us that uh, is is uh, that escapes his will he So it's not that he's distracted or not looking or not around. That's impossible for God. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present all the time. So um, let me get started. Divine providence. We call by the name of divine providence God's preservation and government of the world. Now, I know it looks like he's absent, but he is preserving it and governing it and readying it for his second coming number one god maintains the world that is he preserves all creatures in existence as long as he wills now i've asked him i'm going to talk through this in my comments i've asked him to let me live till 500 and i think i've told the story before uh my eye doctor i said you have to keep these eyes going for 500 years she said 500 years why i said because i've asked god to let me live 500 years and she said who will be around for you to talk to? And I said, anyone that doesn't know Jesus. I live for nothing else. God preserves all creatures in existence as long as he wills. If he wills me to live to 500, as Methuselah lived to over 900, he'll do that. If he doesn't wish it, then I may I wish it. But my wish means nothing if it's not in union with God's wish. So... Reverend Parago gives an illustration here. He says, a ball hanging from a piece of string falls to the ground as soon as the string is cut. And so the whole world would sink into nothing if God were to withdraw from it his supporting power for a single instant. In order that creatures may continue to exist, God provides all that is needed for their sustenance, wheat and vegetables, fruits of the earth, everything else. As soon as God wills it, they die. The psalmist wrote, when thou shalt take away their breath, they shall die and return again to the dust. Psalm 103. If the sun were to cease to cast its rays upon the earth, all light would disappear from the world. So if God ceased to support us in existence, our life at once fails us. When our Lord says, heaven and earth shall pass away, he does not mean that they will be annihilated, but that they will be changed into a better. St. Peter says that in Second Peter, we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth justice. Father Sporago's second point is that God governs the world. That is, he conducts all things in the world so that they contribute to his glory and and to our advantage now if you read the headlines in life site news this morning and have listened to the news on the station of the cross uh it it seems like god is on vacation uh how could he be conducting all things in the world so that they contribute to his glory and our advantage it's truly awful and it's getting worse overnight um but see he's in control and the gates of hell won't prevail against the church do they come against the church yes Will they prevail? Absolutely not. God is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I had a call from a very dear friend yesterday, um, who through means uh, brought us the message that Our Lady of Akita, uh, sister, um, uh, I forget her name, the seer from Akita, the messages of Akita were approved, and Sasagawa, thank you, my dear producer James, knew it. Uh, Sister Sasagawa um, apparently appeared. Our Lady appeared to her again. I'm not giving you what's approved by the church, just a call I got yesterday. And she's in a nursing home and she's older now. And uh, Our Lady said that everything that Sister Sasagawa uh, said, uh, Our Lady of Akita told us through Sister Sasagawa. Um, is coming true right now. Right now, this is upon us. The prophecies of um, Akita and Fatima and Keto, our lady of good success, are together on us right now. It's getting worse. It's getting dangerous. And it's going to get worse even now, very quickly. So they're on us now. But God still, how do they contribute to his glory and to our advantage God knows He has the wisdom. Uh, we don't. Uh, we're lost in the circumstance, but we must know our faith. we must save our children. we must get them out of school. We must begin to act as a husband and wife, as our full vocation and and uh, give up being in the world and of it. today there's no more time beloved. Now, there's the music for our first break and we'll be back after this to continue the article. And after the second break, we'll have a whole half hour for your calls and emails. A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine that thy will may be mine and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. The
2: Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Bumper magnets are a great way to promote the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic radio. We hear all the time from new listeners who were introduced to the station through a bumper magnet. We'd be happy to send you a bumper magnet so that others can come to know our Lord. Just go to thestationofthecross.com and find our bumper magnet request button under the About tab. That's thestationofthecross.com
1: under the About tab. Welcome back, beloved family, Uh, to Mother Mary, I'm live, I'm live today, I I love that when I'm live, I should be every day, but uh, a lot of these days I have not been able to make it, but I'm here with you now, and uh, audio, not video, and I keep saying the second point of Divine Providence in the Catechism Explained, under the Ten Commandments section uh, is that God governs all things, but for the glory of his name. And I keep talking about all the headlines in LifeSite News. I'm just going to read you this morning's headlines. Number one, uh, I won't read all of them, but uh, most. Knights of Columbus to host mass. Knights of Columbus to host mass in Masonic Auditorium at International Peace Garden. I tell you, um, uh, James is at uh, Father McGivney that's up for canonization who founded the Knights of Columbus, and now they're hosting a a mass in Masonic Auditorium at the International Peace Garden. Secondly, Pope Francis fired Vatican officials who issued ban on same-sex blessings, homosexual, uh, all of that. He fired the officials who issued a ban on same-sex blessings. Um, and uh, another article is a heading, I, I think, you. I hope you can watch this, Jim Cavizio stuns a new child trafficking blockbuster film called The Sound of Freedom. Beloved... Um, uh, I think I can announce this, that Bishop Strickland here in Tyler has rented a theater for the entire diocese to see that film. And we are going as sisters to see that film. It's saving our children. Um, it's called The Sound of Freedom. I saw a trailer to it, and it's, uh, it's, it, we have to see it. So do what you can to not only see that film, but to support it by going. Um, And then Pope Francis and the Deep Church, a warning from canceled priests. Famous abortionist becomes pro-life. This is a good story. Dr. Dr. John Brukowski's conversion story, blessed be God. Um, Father James Altman's big prediction comes true. Um, Nigerian bishop speaks out against atrocities of ongoing Islamic persecution against Christians This is the next one, very dangerous. Klaus Schwab praises communist China's achievements, wants to learn from premier's vision. The UN chief calls for immediate dismantling of the fossil fuel industry for human survival. Can you imagine? And a good cardinal, police raid buildings of Archdiocese of Cologne due to perjury charges against Cardinal We're lucky. Let me see what else here. Bishop Sticker of Knoxville resigns after years of controversy alleged cover-up of sex abuse. Emmanuel, this is French, France. Emmanuel Macron calls for international tax to combat climate change, oh beloved. Polls show that Americans are divided about abortion um, and that Western Europeans are more supportive. Uh, um, all of this there's so much there's some good titles too Indian court saves rape victims 28 born baby from late term abortion well blessed be God for that Spanish church amid notable rise in anti-Catholic violence Um, listen to this Pope Francis fired Vatican officials who issued a ban on same-sex blessings. Can you imagine this? Pope Francis fired Vatican officials who issued ban on same-sex blessings. Um, over a half a million Germans left the Catholic Church uh, last year, 2022, amid sex abuse scandals and the synodal way. Um here's a good thing. Muslims, Christians, Muslims and Christians gather a second time to project, project, uh, sorry, protest LGBT ideology in Calgary schools. Um, uh, I, I can't read all of these. Let me see now. Um, uh, Ireland expected to pass anti-Catholic bill criminalizing, prayer outside abortion facilities um, uh, and there's a, a good article by um father gerald murray and it says the synodal church of me myself and i eschews authentic teaching to welcome everybody father gerald murray is a very holy outstanding priest he helped pray me into the catholic church he's a canon lawyer you may know him from raymond arroyos the world over he's part of the so-called papal posse, posse with robert royal um uh and um it, 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 he's he's outstanding anything he says or does the synodal church of Me, myself, and I eschews authentic teaching to welcome everyone. And then um, experts tripped over themselves to proclaim Russian Civil War, and they were dead wrong. Um, um, Pride is no longer a month. It's a season, and it's mandatory. Can you imagine this? And the last headline, and I've skipped some, who is this bishop investigating Bishop Strickland on behalf of Pope Francis? And that's an article by John Henry Western. And, of course, Bishop Strickland is our bishop. And um, uh, the thought of him being uh, moved is is a painful thought to us. But, again, God knows what he's doing for his church, and we trust him. We don't trust in what we want to do. Uh, We don't trust in what we think should be or or will happen. We trust God. And um, right now, Bishop has been named America's bishop, Bishop Strickland. He is a good and holy bishop. Um, And not only do we all in America love him and, and count on him because he's basically the only United States shepherd that's helping us and speaking up and acting like a shepherd, uh, traveling the country to, to encourage and protect Catholics. Uh, I don't know anyone else that's doing that. There are other good bishops, but they're silent or they're afraid. I don't know what is going on with them, but um, they're not supporting Bishop Strickland or the sheep. So it, it's a mystery to us. But um, I ask all of you, to pray for Bishop Strickland, all of you. He is attacked from many sides right now. He's a, he's a good man, he will not compromise. He will never compromise the truth. He lives for the truth and the salvation of souls and nothing will stop him from that. So I ask you all to pray for him. Um, so here it is, point number two. I went off on that uh, for almost the whole segment. God governs the world. That is, he conducts all things in the world so that they contribute to his glory and to our advantage. And again, dear ones, from our little peanut brains compared to God, not even a bit smaller than a peanut, um, we don't have to make sense out of the teach all the teachings of the church. We don't have to make sense over what God allows. Why are you doing that? I don't know why you're doing that. But we're not God, and we need to trust. Uh, two months old does not know why uh, the mother or the father does what he does to save that baby. But um, but our father knows best. And he will work all things to his glory and our advantage. Reverend Barago says, <clears throat> what the engine is to the train and the pilot to the vessel, God is to the world. He guides the stars according to fixed laws so that the firmament proclaims his glory and he guides all nations. This is all scriptural. I'm not stopping to read the scripture passages. We see his guiding hand in the lives of the patriarchs, in the history of the Jews, in that of the Christian church. Yet we cannot understand God's arrangements at the first glance. Often we cannot understand them at all and never shall till we get to heaven. Yet in our own lives, we can trace again and again the good providence of God But as to the world generally, we are forced to exclaim, as Paul did uh, to the Romans chapter 11, how incomprehensible are God's judgments and how unsearchable his ways. There's no one on the earth for whom God does not care and provide for his welfare. And you say, but look at the homeless. Look at people dying from the heat. Nothing changes the truth. There's no one on the earth for whom God does not care. And provide for his welfare you know if we if someone jumps or thrown into the ocean and they can't swim and they're drowning uh if they drown because they can't swim uh well no if you throw them a lifesaver a big lifesaver right and all they have to do is take hold of it it's right by them and you say take the lifesaver and they don't and they say, but I can't swim. We say, you don't have to. Hold on to the lifesaver. We'll pull you to safety. If that person drowns, why has he drowned? <clears throat> Not because he can't swim, but because he refused the lifesaver. All of us are doomed for hell. Every single one of us are doomed for hell. God has sent a lifesaver. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who died to pay for the sin that separates us from God, who rose again from the dead, to give life to all who will come to him, who will hang on to the lifesaver. If you are in hell, if you're on your way to hell, you may not believe it, but your denial of it doesn't determine or change truth. If you're on your way to hell, there's a lifesaver. Even now, you may have murdered a thousand babies or done despicable things, but there's a lifesaver. There's a savior for you. There is no sin that is greater than his mercy. And there is no sin for which he did not die, including yours. Even if you're an atheist, you're being an atheist and not believing in God does not determine whether he exists or not. The fact that you have a voice to deny him uh, is proof that he exists. Where did you get that from? Not evolution, but from God. Um, No matter of evolution can put a soul into a body. So people say, well, we're from monks, monkeys, or whatever, fish to monkeys to humans. Even if that were true, I'm not saying it is. Even if it was true, you cannot put a soul, uh, a human soul made in the image of God does not exist in a fish or a monkey, only in the human being, because God has done that. So beloved, no matter what you think, no matter what you deny, uh, no matter what you proclaim, there's a God and he loves you and it's never too late to come to him. Uh, there is no one on the earth for whom God does not care and provide his welfare and for whom he did not die. If you, if you deny him, he doesn't love you less. He died for you. He loves you, but he will let you have your way. At the end, it was said that uh, some people will say to God, thy will be done and others to whom God will say, thy will be done. He's given us free will and he will not, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He will not deny our free will. There's the music for our second break, beloved. We'll be right back and take your calls and emails.
3: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for June 29th. Today we celebrate Saints Peter and Paul. Peter, a Galilean fisherman, enjoyed a special relationship with Jesus, whom he confessed as the Messiah. His name appears first on every list of apostles, and it was to Peter that Jesus promised the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Paul, a Pharisee, went from being a staunch persecutor of Christians to become the most prominent missionary to the Gentiles. Peter generously gave up all things. Yet he can ask in childish self-regard, what are we going to get for all this? Because of the depth of his sorrow for betraying the Lord, after the resurrection, Jesus looks on Peter with forgiveness, charging him to feed his lambs and his sheep. Paul's experience of the risen Christ on the road to Damascus made him a zealous, dynamic, and courageous ambassador of Christ. But he never lost his love for his Jewish family often reminding Gentile Christians that they are grafted onto the parent stock of the Jews, God's chosen people. Each man has his own feast day on the Roman calendar, but today's feast reminds us of the debt the Church owes to these two great apostles. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
2: There is no single event it was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org.
1: To Mother Miriam Live. Um, I am live and we are live. I'm I'm just so thrilled to be with you, and I'm so sad when we cannot have a live program. But um we are live and I'm very grateful. And this is our half hour together for your calls and your emails. Um again, one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the Dear ones, I'm going to take um, a uh, comment on YouTube from somebody who writes it anonymously. And he um, he represents, he's not saying this, but I know it's not just him. He's representing others. I'm going to read you his comment, and then I'm going to answer it as completely as I can. <clears throat> he says, Mother Miriam, you are mistaken if you think that the old unreformed pre-vatican ii mass is more sacred or better than the reformed mass of vatican ii even magnifying this error on your part by presenting it here on your channel is very much against the aim of catholic evangelization for your re-education and liturgical formation i suggest you read pope francis's letter desiderio the Ravi. Now, um, that title expresses what someone longs for. Um, I- I'm going to uh, make two points here, um, and I'm going to suggest—I I don't know this—but the someone whoever wrote this, I would want to ask him or her if he—I'll just say he it's then it goes for both—have um, ever been to a Latin mass. Whoever been to the have ever been to the pre-Vatican II Mass, not dropped in for a time, but at least spent a few weeks. And um, if if you think it's not more sacred or better than the reformed Mass of Vatican II, um, I would be surprised and you say even magnifying this error on your part by presenting it here on your channel is very much against the aim of Catholic evangelization. I certainly disagree. Evangelization, uh, an Eve angel is a messenger of truth. Evangelization is to spread the message of truth. If truth is changed or truncated or somehow um, blanketed in ways, Uh, then it's not Catholic evangelization. Let me find an article. Hold on a minute, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, This is an article uh, comparing the old and new masses. Um, And it's from um, uh, a website called Learn Religion. So it's not a traditional Catholic website. It's from those who have done a study comparing the old and the new mass. Um, I'm going to read it to you. The mass, there's many, many articles, but this is not from a staunch traditionalist or anything like this, from someone who's done a study. um, And it's from, um, it's actually four years ago, June 25th, 2019. The mass of Pope Paul VI was introduced in 1969 after the Second Vatican Council. It's commonly called the Novus Ordo, N-O-V-U. I hear people saying all different pronunciation, Novus, N-O-V-U-S, meaning new, Ordo, O-R-D-O, meaning order. So it's the Novus Ordo. It is the mass that most, most Catholics today are familiar with. Yet in recent years, interest in the traditional Latin mass celebrated in essentially the same form for the previous 1400 years has never been higher, largely because of Pope Benedict XV's release of the Motu Proprio Summorum Pontificum on July 7th, 2007, restoring the traditional Latin mass as one of two approved forms of the mass. There are many small differences between the two masses, but what are the most obvious differences? So we're not gonna deal with all the differences, but the obvious differences. And the first one is the direction of celebration. Traditionally, all Christian liturgies were celebrated ad orienta, meaning facing the east, from which direction Christ, scripture tells us, will return. That meant that both the priest and the congregation face in the same direction. The Novus Ordo allowed, for pastoral reasons, the celebration of the mass versus populum. That means facing the people. While ad orientum is still normative, that is the way that the mass should be normally celebrated versus populum, facing the people has become the standard practice in the Novus Ordo. The traditional last mass is always celebrated at Orientum. And I'm going to comment on this now. Um, the Novus Ordo of Paul VI told us to keep the Latin for the major parts of the mass to face the altar that's ad Orientum and, and other things, uh, but what has happened is chaos, and the reverence is, is all but gone. Um, when the priest faced the altar, it's not that he has the pa- his back to the people. It's that he has his front to God, and he's a shepherd. Uh, shepherds don't lead from behind. They lead in front, and the feet, sheep follow them. If the shepherd is facing, uh, uh, our human shepherd is facing the great shepherd, Christ himself, He's leading the sheep um, the same way, the same position as the sheep. And that's the way it's been done from the beginning. And Paul VI didn't change it, but gave the option for the uh, priests to face the people. And that may have been somewhat okay in the beginning, and it's still okay in a reverent novus ordo. But what's happened is that priests have become actors and like Protestant pastors and they see themselves as the main feature of the of the mass. I've been to so many Novus Ordo masses where that's the case. It's not the case all the time. The second is the position of the altar. Um, since in the traditional mass, the congregation and the priest together face the same direction, the altar was traditionally attached to the east, which is the back wall of the church, raised up three steps from the floor, it was called the high altar. For versus populum, populum, the mass of the people now, celebrations in the Novus Ordo, a second altar in the middle of the sanctuary was necessary. This low altar is often more horizontally oriented than the traditional high altar which is usually not very deep, but it is often quite tall. And I'm going to relate an incident that Marshall, uh, Taylor Marshall told when he went to Rome and he took, and all the churches in Rome are magnificent. They're mostly empty, but they're gorgeous. And they had magnificent high altar and they had a low altar in front of it. And he took his little son when his son was eight years old to that mass And his son said, Papa, why is there a table in front of the altar, a picnic table in front of the altar? You see, that's exactly what it seems like. Number three, the language of the mass. The Novus Ordo is mostly commonly celebrated in the vernacular, that is the common language of the country where it is celebrated or the common language of those who attend that particular mass. The traditional Latin mass, as the name indicates, is celebrated in Latin. What few people realize, however, is that the normative language of the Novus Ordo is Latin as well. While Pope Paul VI made provisions for the celebration of the mass in the vernacular for pastoral reasons, his missal assumes that the mass would continue to be celebrated in Latin and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI urged the reintroduction of Latin into the Novus Ordo, and I'll comment that if you go to a Spanish Mass or a Philippine or any other Mass and it's done in the vernacular, you you don't you can't follow it. But in the day where everybody knew Latin and it was completely Latin, you could go anywhere in the world and you were at home in the one Holy Catholic Apostolic um, uh, Church. You were at home, you understood the whole thing, now you go anywhere, and again, if it's Novus Ordo, it's in the vernacular, and you cannot understand the words. It's still the order of Mass, so if you know well the order of Mass, you'll know what's happening. Next point, the role of the laity. In the traditional Latin Mass, the reading of Scripture and the distribution of communion are reserved to the priests. The same rules are normative for the Novus Ordo, but again, exceptions that were made for pastoral reasons have now become the most common practice. And so, in the celebration of the Novus Ordo, the laity have increasingly taken on a greater role, especially as lectors and extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist, Right. So they've taken on a greater role as lectors and ministers of the Holy Eucharist. But you see, that never happened before. And in my own observation, um, I've been to Novus Ordo masses where six-year-olds are reading scripture. And not only can we not understand them, but the children, it's in children's masses. The children never get the scripture because it's read by babies. It's read by little children in kindergarten and first and second grade, they, they don't know how to read. Uh, and, and some might be exceptional, but you still, it's not, it's not proper. And they say the prayers, which is not proper. Um, and so-called uh, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist are um, allowed by the church. It's all allowed by the church. But dear Anonymous, who wrote that comment, um, I do believe it's a sacrilege. And... Uh, I'm going to explain why. I did explain the other day why it's a sacrilege. Because traditionally, no one but the hands of the consecrated hands of a priest should ever touch that host. And I I read examples that in the uh, early church, uh, one particular uh, description by uh, Pope Cyril, um, that if you receive the Eucharist in the hand, traditionally, it was your right hand cupped, very tightly, that was made a throne for the king who would be received in your left hand. That was placed on. No, I'm so sorry. The left hand was the throne. The left hand is the throne for the king, and then the right hand would be his his seat where the host was received. And if the host was put in the right hand, uh, which was. Uh, which used the left hand as its throne, then the left hand didn't take the, the host and put the host in his mouth. Um, it, when the host was put in the hand so perfectly cupped, the person, the uh, communicant, would bend down and, or bring the hand up to his mouth and take the communicant, uh, rather, take the host with his mouth And with his tongue, make sure there are no little particles left on the hand. And it used to be that many churches had fountains inside and out so that the communicants could wash their hands um, before and after. So uh, it's quite different. Even when communion was served in the hand, it was never eaten as McDonald's fast food to just pick it up by your hands. It's, It's absolute sacrilege. And again, uh, many Novus Ordo churches do not have altar service with patents and people walk on the crumbs, walk on Jesus, stomp on him all over the place. I've picked up large pieces of the host from the carpet and I simply consume them. It's, it's become a sacrilege. And that's why most people don't believe in the Eucharist. You take it like ordinary bread, like a little cracker in your hand, put it in your mouth and it's it's it's. Most people don't bow before they receive the host. Children put cross their arms over their chest if they're not going to receive it. They're not taught to bow. They don't know they're coming before God. They don't acknowledge him. It's an absolute sacrilege. We'll be right back after this break, beloved.
2: Wanted car or truck can make a great gift? When the time comes to purchase a new one, consider donating your old car or truck to the Station of the Cross. We have a quick and simple way for you to get rid of your unwanted vehicle while supporting the solid Catholic programming you love listening to on your radio, online, and through your mobile devices. Whether they run or not, we accept cars, trucks, RVs, boats, and motorcycles. It's a great opportunity for you to give more than you might normally be able to. At the same time, you'll be clearing out space in your garage or driveway, ridding yourself of an unwanted vehicle. Just visit us online at thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. 1-866-628-2277. May God bless you for your generosity in support of Catholic Radio.
1: Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app.
2: Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the
1: Cross Catholic Media Network. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That verse shattered me. I stopped everyone on the street, Jim. I said, excuse me, do you know there's a God? Do you know you can know Him? I wanted a ladder tall enough to reach the moon to tell the world that there's a Savior.
2: That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross.
1: Welcome back, beloved. Um, This is our final segment, and I'm just going to check to see if anyone has called in. They have not. I'm going to continue reading um, an article um, uh, that I'm reading in response to a uh, comment we got from someone who wrote in anonymously, who says, Mother Miriam, you are mistaken if you think the old, unreformed, pre-Vatican II Mass is more sacred or better than the reformed mass of vatican ii even magnifying this error on your part by presenting it here on your channel is very much against um, the aim of catholic evangelization Uh, and again uh, to evangelize means to be an angel of truth an angel is a messenger of truth um and he says, for your re-education and liturgical formation, I suggest you read Pope Francis's letter, Ad Ciderio, Well, I have, and I'm I'm going to comment on that, the Pope Francis letter, as soon as I finish this one article on um, uh, the differences between the old and the new Mass. And these aren't all the differences; they're just the major. Differences that anyone who attends the traditional Latin, Latin Mass to the Novus Ordo would uh, would see. And it's the types of altar servers is the next point. Traditionally, only males were allowed to serve at the altar. This is the, still the case in Eastern Rites of the Church, whether it's Catholic or Orthodox. Service at the altar was tied to the idea, listen to this, service at the altar was tied to the idea of the priesthood, which by its nature is male. Each altar boy was considered a potential priest. The traditional Latin mass maintains this understanding, but Pope John Paul II, for pastoral reasons, allowed the use of female altar service at celebrations of the Novus Ordo. Um, The final decision, however, was left to the bishop, though most have chosen to allow altar girls you know every time these changes are said to be for pastoral reasons my heart sinks because pastoral is to to lead the sheep in what is best all these pastoral reasons have have all but destroyed the sheep and uh, a, a good part of the faith um, the next point is the natural the nature of active participation uh, sorry, uh, the nature of active participation, both through traditional Latin mass and the Novus Ordo stress active participation, but in different ways. In the Novus Ordo, the emphasis falls on the congregation making the responses that were traditionally reserved to the deacon or the altar server. In the traditional Latin mass, the congregation is largely silent with the exception of singing the entrance and exit hymns, and sometimes communal hy- communion hymns. We don't sing communion hymns where I go. Active participation takes the form of prayer and following along in every detail uh, missals, which contain the readings and prayers for each mass. Beloved, I had a, a woman enter. When we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there was a woman who entered um, she was a child psychologist. She was a mature woman and uh, a widow and really wanted religious life. And we took her in. Um, and she started going to Latin Mass with us. She'd never been to Latin Mass before. She went once and then twice. And then she said to me... Um, Mother, I will never go to a Latin Mass again. I absolutely hate it. I love participating in the Novus Ordo, and there's no participation here. I said, well, if you don't want to go to a Latin Mass anymore, uh, you're free to not go, but this is not the religious community for you because as long as you're with us, we all go as a community. Well, she decided to stay and go, and two weeks is all it took. She came to me and she said, I will never go back to the Novus Ordo. She said, I love active participation. And she said, I thought it was in speaking and singing and clapping and all that. She said, I am more actively involved now in the traditional mass than I've ever been in Novus Ordo. And my heart sang when she understood that and when she actually could be absorbed into it. Because you're completely absorbed in the Latin mass. It's not a show. You're not... You're totally absorbed, you're totally active. You, you follow all the prayers and all the gestures. It's, it's much more meaningful and much more reverent. The next point is the use of Gregorian chant. Many different musical styles have been integrated into the celebration of the Novus Ordo. Interestingly, as Pope Benedict has pointed out, the normative musical form for the Novus Ordo as for the traditional Latin mass, remains Gregorian chant, though it is rarely used in a Novus Ordo today. It's beautiful, beloved. And then I think the final point, I'm not sure, is the presence of the altar rail. The traditional Latin mass, like the liturgies of the Eastern church, both Catholic and Orthodox, maintains a distinction between the sanctuary where the altar is, which represents heaven and the rest of the church, which represents Earth. Therefore, the altar rail, like the iconostasis, that is the icon screen in Eastern churches, is a necessary part of the celebration of the traditional Latin Mass. With the introduction of the Novus Ordo, many altar rails were removed from churches, and new churches were constructed without altar rails. Facts that may limit the celebration of the traditional Latin Mass in those churches, even if the priest and the congregation desire to celebrate it. Um, I want to tell you that I have been in Novus Ordo churches that have raised millions of dollars to beautify them, to return them to their original um, uh, design, whatever it is, but they have decided against the altar rail. Uh, that is the most crucial thing. Have the altar rail and let the rest of the church uh, be as it is. But you take away the altar rail and you make it Protestant and you make it a show. Anyone can go up on the altar. Not so in the Latin mass, no one, but the priest and uh, the altar service uh, and the deacon uh, should be behind that rail. No one, no lay person. But again, it simply becomes a stage. It's very horrible and irreverent. And it's a lack of understanding. is what a lack of education on what these things mean. And there is another point here, the reception of communion. Um, two more points. While there are a variety of approved forms for reception of communion in the Novus Ordo, on the tongue, in the hand, of the host alone or under both species, Communion in the traditional Latin Mass is the same always and everywhere. Communicants kneel at the altar rail, which is the gate to heaven, and receive the host on their tongues from the priest. They do not say amen after receiving communion as communicants do in the Novus Ordo. They, that's it. I, I tell you, beloved, um, the priest says everything. And only the priest, not even a deacon, can distribute the host and finally it's the reading of the last gospel in the novus ordo the mass ends with a blessing and then the dismissal when the priest says the mass has ended go in peace and the people respond thanks be to God in the traditional mass and of course it's all in Latin and the dismissal precedes the blessing which is followed by the reading of the last gospel the beginning of the gospel according to Saint John The last gospel stresses the incarnation of Christ, which is what we celebrate in both the traditional Mass and the Novus Ordo. Beloved, um, I'll continue with the Holy Father's uh, document, Desiderio, Desideravi, tomorrow, and continue to answer this uh, individual who um, is very much against. Uh, thinks that both masses are the same and are equally reverent they are not we'll see you tomorrow beloved god bless you live for god with all your heart mind soul and strength